I have a special guest today by the name of Jerry Santucci, who's a financial genius, I'll call him, because I know that's not regulated. In a minute, you're going to hear all about what he does and advice he gives. He can't give you specific advice, but talk a little bit about what's going on with investments, and I'm going to ask him some other questions, and we're going to have some fun. Let's get started. Would you rather talk about your sex life or money life? Surprisingly, most people would rather not talk about money, how to save it or invest it. This podcast is about helping you simplify your money life. Delivered by Dr. Henry Joseph Speck, a psychologist by training, Henry is a seasoned investor with over 40 years of successful investing in real estate, stocks and other alternate forms of income generation. Tune in to the twice monthly podcasts to get his thoughts and tips on how to reach financial freedom. How to achieve the life you deserve. Now, here's Dr. Speck. So here we are with Jerry Santucci. Hi, Jerry. How are you doing today? Is it Burlington? Where are you? Yes, I'm in Burlington. So, Jerry, you want to first... (laughs) You want to start with a disclaimer? Fire away. (laughs) Yes, uh, I'm just having a a casual chat with you, Henry. And uh, um, because we're talking to a number of different people, we don't know... I would not know their personal financial situation, so can't really give any investment advice, uh, specific investment advice or, or, or investment recommendation because um, we don't know if it's suitable. I wouldn't know if it's suitable right. or not for, um, for your, your guests. Okay, so let, let's just start. Jerry, can you tell us, like I said, at the, I did a short intro. I, I just wondered, like, what's your, what are you called, buddy? Because I call you the football guy. What are you called? What are you called? <laughs> Well, we've been called all kinds of investment <laughs> advisors, uh, stockbrokers, uh, financial planners. Uh, it's it's really uh, the industry starting to get uh, more specific in terms of uh, names and qualifications. But uh, I, I'm, I work for a firm that's a full service firm, completely independent, that deals with everything from GICs all the way to private equity investments. Is it okay if I, I called you a financial expert? Can I call you that, or what do you like to be known as? Yeah, if you want. Yeah, I have lots of experience, over 30 years' experience. And you live more than 80 miles from me, so you're an expert. Listen, I have a question for you. Can you start from the beginning? Because we met at Western playing football. I left in 78. When did you stop playing? 80, or when was it? Uh, 79. So you went okay. to the College Bowl in 79. Yes. Oh, lost. Uh, yeah, we don't want it. We didn't want it. You didn't have to put that in there. <laughs> hey, listen, so can you give us a rare, a... <laughs> rare moment? Yeah, I know. Can you give us a short spiel on um, how your journey led you to this great spot today? Like, if you mind sharing a little bit, because a lot of times we're talking, I share this with entrepreneurs, and Mary and I mentor some people and some new venture people. So, how did you know the, the, the trials and tribulations, or you don't have to get too specific, but what got you to this point? I was always interested in stocks, even as a kid, uh, as early as age 10. But uh, but I, I didn't know how to get there, and um, and uh, I was trying a couple of different things uh, out of university and didn't really find uh, my knack. And then a friend of mine got me into uh, investors group, and um, I was there for a few years. And then I switched uh, firms, and I, I met this guy down the street who uh, – was fairly successful, uh, and I figured I'd be able to learn something from him. And uh, he's now one of the richest guys in Canada. So, um, so it was uh, it was an eye-opening experience, and uh, and that got.
got me into that. Got me into the whole field. And I'm still as passionate now as I was back then. What do you love about it? What do you love about it? Well, um, I have clients who've been with me a whole generation, uh, 25 years. I mean, and uh, they... uh, I'm getting more and more, are are you going to retire? And who's going to look after me when you retire? (laughs) You know, some of the younger clients will say, they won't even renew their mortgage unless they give me a call. Should I go for a one-year term or a three-year term? And I'm not in the mortgage business, right? So what do you say? i got to ask you. What do you you say? I know you're not supposed to give advice, but if, if, if Hank called you up, what would you say? Well, I would just say, you know, what are you planning on staying there, you know, how do you feel the direction interest rates are going? You know, those types of questions. It sounds like they're asking you, it sounds like they're asking you what you think interest rates are going to do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Some sometimes they do. Yeah. And um, I give them my opinion. And um, and uh, and then it, they just need comfort. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just an idea, you know, someone that can throw off an idea. Well, I was thinking that anyways. I might just do it for this term or that term. And I'm glad you know, you agree with me or, or yeah. that we're on the same page, that kind of argument. Right? Okay. So that's what you love about it. And then, and then when you're, uh, uh, when you're in this, you deal primarily with, I think they're called high net worth people. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I'm at a stage in my life where I, they're interviewing me, but I'm also interviewing them. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a question of being compatible, being able to, uh, see eye to eye and, 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 you know, have realistic expectations, you know? So if they're really greedy and they expect, you know, a phenomenal rate of return, uh, and with no risk, uh, I say, you got the wrong guy. You yeah. Know? Uh, you know, you know, you want to take, you want higher rates of returns, you have to take some risk. Um, but, uh, so I, I, I would say it's, 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 a, it's really, I think I boil it down to three points, and this could be applied to anything. So, uh, so Henry, if you wanted to learn how to golf or play <laughs> piano, or golf play, is over, buddy. That's not going to happen. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> uh, you would say to yourself, or if your kids or grandchildren uh, were, were were interested in, in that event or activity, you would say, "Who's the best in that field? What made them so good at?" And how can I do the same thing? In other words, who's the role model? What's the recipe for success? And how can I do the same thing? Yep. And, and you can apply that to any field. So I came across Warren Buffett, you know, and uh, in the mid-90s. I went to the first shareholder meeting in, I think, 94. It was 5,000 people. Now there's like 40,000 that show up. Yeah. So, and uh, understand his recipe for success. And just follow that recipe. Does he make you eat that Dairy Queen crap when you go? No, he eats it. I know. I I heard his <laughs> hey, I heard his routine, right? When he has a big day in the market, the next day he gets a double big whatever they call those breakfast sandwiches at uh, at his I don't place. you know, at eighty six or eighty seven I think he's uh he's not eating he drinks Coke all day at, at the shareholder meeting and he has Dairy Queen Dilly Bars he likes. I know. So, like a, oh yeah. You know, what what do you think is going to happen to the firm when he finally decides to you know die? There's succession in place. Yeah, I know, but he's he's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I shouldn't give you investment advice. Or no, 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 we don't want you to. It would be uh, uh, off the record. It would be a uh, good time to load up on the stock because that uh, goodwill would disappear. Could be, but he doesn't really make that many uh, investment decisions anymore. I mean, it's a, the company's on autopilot now pretty well. But, you know, this might sound weird, but as I've gotten older, there's kind of a spirit that happens that you can't quantify. Like, I've learned it from my, I'm a beekeeper now. And okay. there's a spirit in a place, like when you walk into a business or an office or even a family household, you get a feeling. And, and maybe I'm just getting weird and semi, you know, semi-old. But it, when something is missing, and that's what my fear is when he uh, passes, there'll be that spirit missing. Yeah. Do you believe in that, or is I, that I, you're a quant, you're a numbers guy? So this might sound weird to you, but what do you? Oh, no, not really, not really, because uh, the the back and forth between him and Charlie Munger is phenomenal. Yeah, I've I mean, watched some of it. The chemistry yeah. between the two is unbelievable, and they they just have a great time. So who's your Charlie? Is, you, is it your you? Is, who who's your Charlie? You, I learned a lot from Mike Mike Leachin. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm just down the street right now from Joe Brain Hospital. His name's on the top of the building here. Um, wow. The Michael E. Chinon Family Patient Care Center. He gave either 11 or $12 million to the hospital last year uh, for the uh, for the expansion. And um, and it was all from a, an investment he made in, on the private side. He, he inspires you, doesn't he? Sorry? He inspires you. Yes. Uh, he's... Um, at 67, 68, uh, he's just as enthusiastic today as he was as a kid. Listen, I got. I met him at McMaster. <laughs> you met him at Mac. Yeah, at the gym. When I was uh, Western, uh, my friend from McMaster would sneak me into the gym through the summer months, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I met Mike uh, in the gym. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, so yeah, I mean, it's um, and now he's. He's doing all kinds of work in Jamaica. He's on their economic development board, CEO. And uh, and he's actually, Jamaica's had zero GDP growth for 50 years. Yeah. And uh, he's getting up to four and four. His objective is 4% GDP growth at four, four, four years. And he's on track. Hey, listen, uh, do, you, do you think, without, you don't have to say yes or no, but what did, do you think football helped you at all with your later life as far as career and all that stuff. I, I think any kind of team sports will help you because you realize you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. And if you've got, you don't even have to have the best talent, but you have to have the talent that's able to work together and get along. Yeah. Uh, in any sport or any job or any activity, because uh, I think you know, as a team working together, I think you can you know, do very well. Yeah, it's kind of like that thing. I, I I thought a lot about this lately, and I thought, you know, there's there's football friends, and and I consider you a good a great football friend because that's generally when we meet over football stuff. But right. there's also this whole sense of you don't have to love each other, but you got to all agree to the long term common goal. Yeah. And and I think it's a myth to believe. Like take the Raptors. I think it's a myth to believe that they all love each other. What they did is they all bought into the long term goal and respected each other to get there. Absolutely. And, and, you know, the, your team either has chemistry and is able to work together, or it could be a team of, you know, multi-millionaires, you know, on the, at the pro level, any sport, and they, they're not fighting, but not being able to work together and, and don't have any success. So let me ask you uh, this. You see it in any sport. 
Yeah, let, let me ask you this. I'm thinking about bees again and what's going on in the world. If you think about a messed, hive, messed up beehive, it's kind of like what we have in the world today when you got, you know, Donald saying his stuff and, you know, what, what he's doing with China and we're kind of in the middle without getting political. Do you see this as being the most unsettled time since you've been, a, you know, an investment expert or is this just normal for you? Uh, I think it's normal. It's just that things happen faster now with computers and technology. Uh, the swings are more dramatic up and down. But, um, you know, I really, to me, they're all noises and distractions. Yeah. I look at the two main factors that influence, I believe, that influence portfolios is direction of interest rates. And if you own stocks, private or pu public, are the companies making money? Yeah. You know, everything else is noise. You know, what happens in Iran, Iraq, uh, China, trade disputes, uh, those things all have politicians come and go. Um, doesn't matter which color or stripe, you know, they, they have a short term impact on, on, on things. But um, uh, interest rates and corporate profits, that's uh, to me the name of the game. I, I'm not thinking. Knowing, knowing what you own. Yeah, I'm not thinking you're ever going to retire, are you? I love what I do. Yeah, I'm the same way. I don't. I'm never going to retire. Yeah, yeah, just as enthusiastic now as I was as a kid. Yeah, are you a little? Do you get down sometimes that that like you probably read things? You talk about interviewing clients. You know, it used to take me a lot of pounds to the head before I figured out what something was trying to tell me. Now it seems like it's like thirty seconds. You know, it's pretty easy. It's well, pretty, you're right, Henry. It's pretty easy to. Uh, um, analyze the situation and decide whether there's a fit or not. Um, and uh, and I, I'm 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 of the mind that you know I wish people well. If, if they don't agree with uh, you know what I'm telling them, that's fine. If they do, that's fine too. It you know uh, yeah. I mean we do have large accounts and uh, and you know it's it's great to have those. Don't get me wrong, but to me I think the chemistry has to be right, just like you're a great football fan. It, that chemistry has to be right because I don't w ever want to be in a situation. I've had this happen before when so-and-so calls the office and then they page you and then they say, and then my staff says, you take the call. No, <laughs> you take the call. Those, you don't want those kind of customers. <laughs> So, so listen, I want you to comment on luck because you mentioned football and I've told a few of the guys this. I said, well, no one called their parents up and told them to have sex at the same time so we could all show up at Western. You know, like it's there's, that's a gross thought, I know, but you know what I mean. It, the idea being that there is luck in this. Like, I mean, if you think of the guys we played with, a lot of them were supposed to play elsewhere. I was trying to go out east, but I didn't have enough money, so I had to go to Western because I had to stay at home and go to Western. So a lot of us went to school to school there just by luck and it's like that in business what is your opinion on luck in the uh, you know I, I i think i i'm not I'm, I'm not a religious person but i think in, i i can believe in karma i believe that uh, you know if you have a positive outlook and and you're a giver not a taker mm -hmm. that uh it, it may not come back to you from the person you gave to today but it'll come back somewhere else comes back to somewhere else and and a lot of the guys we played with you know they would take the shirt off the back for you oh yeah oh yeah uh even now even 40 years later i know it's, uh, it's almost like no time has passed you know it's kind of weird eh yeah 
Some you know? sometimes and, it uh, does because and I know I know and I've had this conversation with you before. I know the teams in the '90s and and beyond aren't don't have that connection. A lot of them don't have that same connection. You know, and I think I think one of the things they did, and and I, I guess it, this does stretch into life, is I I remember the three days and saying if I can get through three days, I can live through any death or any problem. <laughs> yeah, no I don't know about you, but that just about killed me. And then I'd look over. Oh, yeah. And one of our colleagues would smoke cigarettes, and I'd be just crawling into the locker room after about the third three a day, and he'd be sitting on a dummy smoking cigarettes. And I'm thinking, I I, oh. I remember walking up those stairs right next to Alumni Hall to go to Soggy Maitland yep. in training camp, and it was torture just walking up the <laughs> Cramping up, you have to stop halfway <laughs> up to get some physiotherapy. But I wonder <laughs> if there's something about that, because I do a lot of the parenting stuff, and I wonder... You know, you don't want your kids to suffer, but you do know that when you're in the tough way, it builds character and it builds stuff for you. You know, like no one, no one got excused from practice until the later years. If you were good, you all had to go to practice and you all had to run and you all had to do your thing. And I think that built up not only character in the players, but it built up, you know, there's no special, special for special people. Yeah. Uh, especially when times are good. Uh, but if I'm looking at character, I want to see how people around me react when the proverbial hits the wall. Absolutely. Uh, and then you see character. Then you'll see, you know, people's true colors. And uh, and the ones who are by you, who are supporting you, uh, and the ones who run away or disappear, um, they're in every walk of life. Yep. Both kinds. You know, and you and you just stick with the ones who are are supporting you, and you support them. So as you age, do you think risk tolerance changes in us? Because I find myself being a little less, well, I shouldn't say that because I do take some crazy risks <laughs> still, but uh, do you find risk tolerance changes over, over the time? Yes. Uh, I think what happens is the more money you accumulate, the less focused you are in return. Um, you're more focused on capital preservation as, as you build. If you have no money, in your 20s and you still have you know student debt yeah you know you're looking for that quick 100 percent gain right yeah but um um it, you don't do that when you've accumulated some assets and you're older now it's you know preservation it's basically the pension model which is preservation of capital generate income and tax deferral those are you know the three components and uh and you're not you know you'll settle for a little bit less but you don't want the volatility. Um, we're getting more and more into the private side because it's not as volatile as the stock market. So, um, so you know, so a couple. Uh, so we're you know real estate trusts that are that don't trade on Toronto Stock Exchange. So those are that's an example of something. Um, so when we had the market decline last quarter of last year or the recent decline, these things were not affected. So you know because they're they're. They're valued by appraisers, not right. by uh, the stock market. The stock market is like, to me, is like an auction. You know, if you want to go to a, an antique auction and and there's a, a love seat for sale and no one is offering five hundred dollars, then they go to four ninety and then four eighty till it gets sold. And um, and I look at the stock market the same way. 
Yeah, I, you know I'm big on real estate. I we we do all kinds of real estate things, and I I talk about it, and I write about it because I figure you know I'm just a shrink. I, I'm not like in your profession, but I mean I I just I just think people have to look at what their long term is, and and also be yeah. confident. And boring is cool. I mean, people. I remember oh. you know like they everybody wants. I, I talked to someone the other day. They said, well, they're going to build a nine hundred thousand dollar house in the middle of nowhere, and I said, and they said it's a great investment. I said, what are you talking about? You're putting people in oh. your basement. How are you going to make income? And they go, what are you talking about? I said, well, it's not an investment if you're going to, you know, you're going to live in it. I mean, you go to sleep, you sleep the same 24 hours, you got a maybe nicer room, but 900 grand, that's not an investment. And the property taxes go through the roof and everything else. Yeah, like, I mean, I, 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 I'm amazed. I know you're in Burlington. How far are you from Toronto? Uh, half hour, 40 minutes. Yeah, so you've got that effect. So if you were sitting in a house worth $2 million, I'm not, I mean, Say you're sitting in a house worth two million somewhere in Oakville. Why wouldn't you sell it and move to Nova Scotia? <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of my clients actually have moved out of Burlington in retirement and went to Port Dover. A beautiful spot, but I can tell you, Nova Scotia, you can buy a mansion on 25 acres where you have the ocean on the front of your property and a beautiful lake on the back of your property. Yeah. And and, and I mean, you don't have to stay there all the time, but I'm just saying. I won't keep you too long, Jerry, because I know you're busy. And you've okay. had, you've I'm, had a, I'm in my car. I'm okay. You've had, well, you're doing a great job. Thanks for doing this, by the way. Um, yeah, it's fun. A couple other things, and then I'll let you go. I, I just wondered about the whole concept of wealth transfer to the next generation because we all witness it. We see it in different parts of our worlds. What's your general statement on, are there any general, without getting specific, hints on what people should think about if they say they've they've accumulated a reasonable amount of wealth, how do you usually stick handle through that thing? Well, I, I mean, I just uh, finished with a meeting for uh, a, a, a corporate guy, and uh, we're looking at strategies to get money out of his company tax-free. Yeah, that's a challenge. Good luck. With guarantees. <laughs> with guarantees in place. Oh, man. So, yeah. And so... Uh, and we had a meeting with the, the accountants. Uh, uh, I just finished it. Uh, and uh, and they're, we're going to go sit down with a client the next week. He has his own business. He wants to retire in 10 years. And, uh, and, uh, and he likes the idea. And he, and he has holding companies and he has a real estate uh, arm. Uh, he owns real estate. And, uh, and so um, the, the tax is a big issue. It is the big issue. Whether it's personal or corporate um you know how do you transfer it to the next generation because you know if you're married and you have a spouse you know you can have a tax transfer to the surviving spouse right whether it's in a company or or personal but once a second one is gone um there, there could be some big tax bill attached so so it's really the planning side around uh, tax strategies to uh minimize the tax yeah what i find fascinating is our federal government says that being a landlord is a non what they call it, a non-active business yeah you, know? you have to have what six seven properties no you have to have so many employees and our goal is to never oh, have six an em- employees That's we, right. we never want an employee because it's yeah. a, you know it's the kind of business so anyway I, I felt like saying well mr maybe the finance minister should have some students call him at night on a friday when the toilet's plug and tell me how <laughs> non-active the business is um Final, yeah. final thoughts, Jerry, on 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 future in, in your industry because I know you've got all these 
online robo-advisor garbage stuff. What, what, what do you think is going to be down the road? Is it still the personal relationship as you obviously have with a group of clients? What do you think is going to happen down the road? Yeah, I mean, you know, the millennials are, a lot of them are trying to do it themselves. Yep. Um, but, you know, I just met um, the boyfriend of, um, of an existing client. He's in his mid-20s. He was number three in engineering at Waterloo. Wow. And he's, he's going to have his student loan paid off in three months. Good for him. And he's smart enough that he can do the do it himself. Yeah. But I've got products that he can't buy online. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. You know, and uh, and he and he says, I can do it, but I'd rather just focus on, on my job and, and, you know, my... My other activities with his fiance, girlfriend, and a few other things, uh, and I trust you enough because you're dealing with the whole family. I'm dealing with all their in- future in-laws, right? Right. Yeah. And so, um, but uh, it's, it's that situation, um, and and yeah, they're more cost conscious. But um, I've saved a lot of money for a lot of people staying away from blow-up situations over the years. Yeah, it's it's not it's, it's a Warren Buffett thing, isn't it? About how much you retain, yeah. not not risk and lose. I think. Yeah. Well, the Nortel. I I will mention just one. The Nortel thing it seems like yesterday, but it was like eighteen years ago. And uh, <laughs> and you know, you know, see it go from forty to one hundred and thirty in six months, and everybody yep. loved the stock. And I would and people would call me. I'd say no, 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 and uh, and then. Uh, then I said, you know what they do? Give me three reasons to buy. And well, the price is going up, okay? <laughs> uh, what's the other reason? And they can't come up with a second or third reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this seems like yesterday, Henry. It's kind of funny. And, well, uh, and, uh, and then, uh, then I go, uh, you know what they do? Yeah, they make phones. Okay. That's okay. Have you looked at the annual report? No. You know how much money they made in the last eight years? No. They lost money every year for the last eight years. What? How much are you willing to pay for any business that's lost money for eight years in a row? Yeah. Well, it's going up. That's why I want to buy. No. No. Uh, Wrong reason. You know, it's kind of like um, uh, the Waterloo Phone Company, uh, BlackBerry. I think I think they were already diving, but when the guy talked about a statue to himself, I said, I got to get out of this. I'd never owned it, but I, psychologically, when a guy who runs a company starts thinking he needs a statue, I think there's a trump, there's a problem. Yeah, and there's red flags. You could see it. I, as a psychiatrist or psychologist, yep. I can see it because yep. I'm dealing with the public. But I remember Ross, who's the CEO, and I'm at the gym on the bike, and I'm watching the CBC uh, video where they were saying, you know, if the stock had gone down from, you know, 120 to 110, and that because the the top line growth dropped by 10 percent or 15 percent, they're only growing at 100 percent growth. They're not 130 percent growth. <laughs> I said, what about the bottom line? I don't care about the top line. I mean, you can you can have your top line growth grow just by buying other companies. That's right. If you're losing your money, if you're losing money, it doesn't work. But, you know, people got fooled by that. You know, and it, it's it's worrisome because when uh, I was watching, uh, I recorded it, but I didn't watch it. Mary and I are going to watch that uh, Madoff movie. And I'm thinking... If I ever am trying to get to sleep and I'm watching that crime show, everything's about a Ponzi. No one has changed that technique, and everybody keeps falling for it. 
and, and so people are very, you know, they, they call things an investment that aren't. Like, I'm, I, I I think it's a tough, you're in a tough business, but you've got a niche there, right? You've got your expertise and your clients that you can, you know, you can really help. And that's got to be rewarding for you. Well, yeah, and the clients, uh, they're very loyal. And uh, they give you, and they refer their friends and family members and, you know, that type of thing. Um, uh, I've had a few clients pass away. I'm dealing now with their kids from other province. You know, those mm-hmm. kind of things happen. Uh, yeah, I'll leave you with one final thought. I, I, I was wondering if you want to answer this one. My biggest business mistake was my ice cream. I, I talk about it in my first podcast. My, I think I call it the ice cream shop. All the dumb mistakes I made in the ice cream business that I still, I call it the best MBA on the planet, although it was pretty expensive. I probably could have got one at Harvard for what it ended up costing me. <laughs> but back to you, without sharing too many details, what type of life experience where some would say is a failure, you flipped into being an incredible learning experience? Oh, uh, I bought a racetrack, auto racetrack. I had oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Three. Yeah, you were in, <laughs> yeah. You want to share a little bit? Two times. Okay. Yeah. Can you tell us? And a little... I didn't know anything about it. <laughs> I would never. I would if someone came. One of my clients came to me. I never would have said yes to do it. But uh, I, I thought I was above it. Oh. And I thought I did my research, and I didn't. And it cost me a lot of money. A lot of money. Now, do you think back on it now as uh, you know those learning experiences, or if there is oh, one? Absolutely. What's the one biggest line you remember, and then I'll tell you mine. Uh, biggest line in terms of what? What you learned. Well, what was the biggest learning line that you would tell the next kid that comes along or person and says, look, I'm, uh, you know, I don't know anything about it, but I want to buy it? Yeah. I, I think you need to work in the business. Because um, I'll give you a real quick experience. Uh, you know, I get clients who come to me and say, I need $100,000. Why? My son wants to set up a restaurant. Oh. Has he ever been in a restaurant business? No. So I said, oh, I said, okay, you're gonna kiss the hundred thousand goodbye because, you know, why don't you go work as a as a, a, a dishwasher cleaner, uh, waitress or waiter, uh, learn everything about the restaurant business. Then, if he still likes it, then lend them the money. Like in other words, be an expert first before you uh, in the business you want to get into. Uh, learn from someone else's mistakes. Learn what they've done right and learn from what they've done wrong. And, and it could be in multiple different uh, locations for business. Do you think, I mean, nowadays, I'm sorry, I said last question, I keep asking you stuff. I'll, I'll stop after a couple. So do you think today people keep wanting things right away instead of working for a business? You know, we talk about, I just think about when I used to plant cherry trees. you got to wait seven years to get a cherry off a tree. So you've got <laughs> You've got a lot of nurturing of that tree before you can harvest it. Do you think people today want that overnight internet sensation too quickly, or what do you think about that? Yeah, it's all about instant gratification. I mean, I've got a 23-year-old daughter. She told me she went to 32 different countries on my dime. Oh, 32 countries, Jerry. 32 different countries. Will you adopt me, buddy? (laughs) Okay. So I I never went that far at that age. And so, but you're right. Um, they want to buy the house that their parents took 40 years to uh, to get to. Yeah. Now, you know, in their late 20s. Now, they all mean well. They're not afraid to work. Yep. They're, you know, um, uh, they're smart in a lot of ways. But, but you're right. It's that instant 
gratification. And then they get disappointed. Um, there's a guy by the name of uh, Simon Sisnick. He does a lot of things on millennials. And, and uh, if you go on YouTube, you know, it's pretty interesting. There's a, there's a couple on, uh, uh, and, and, uh, and, and they want, they want to feel gratif- gratification. And it's not, the, it's not the kid's fault. It's the parent's fault. Yeah, you say that really? Do, you, do your buddies get upset when you say that? Like, do you say something to them, or do you just hold it inside? I I just say, I, I'm just trying to say you should, you know, set up, work at a restaurant first, see if you like it, and then come back in a year or two years and, and see if you still want to proceed with the loan, uh, your own business. Yeah, that's great right? advice, great advice. I mean, I think mine... From the ice cream business, I had a ton of them like you. I, I didn't know anything about it. I took a one-day class in ice cream making, and I figured I'm ready to do it, right? Yeah. And the other one was not controlling things you need to control. You've got to let go of some things. In, in most cases, you got to pick out what's the most important part of your business and don't give that up. Because yeah. if you lose control, yeah. if you lose control of, say, your bank account, well, that's not a good thing. No, not at all. Listen, Jerry, I love talking to you. This was great. Anytime uh, I can squeeze another one, let me know because uh, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, just give me just give me half a day's notice like today. And we'll <laughs> hey, listen, are you going to homecoming? I got to ask you. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I'm actually in Halifax first week of October for a company conference with uh, Mike Lee Chen. And I'm in Italy next week, so. Uh, I'm sure I, I can swing it. I think it's the 19th or 20th, isn't it? What is it? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't checked, but I might go. Listen, if you're in Halifax, it sounds crazy, but I should send you my son's in Cow Bay. He'd love to take you for dinner probably. He's a real estate guy out there, and he started a company called Air Realty. And if, if you're bored and you want some excitement, he also surfs year-round. He'll stick you on a board. Oh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I got oh. a fractured kneecap, so I have Listen, you enjoy Italy and the food. I'm, I'm thinking of mozzarella and fine wine right now because I know you're going to be visiting there soon. Yeah. You enjoy. Absolutely. And we will talk soon. Take care, Jerry. All the best. All right. All the best. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye-bye. You have been listening to the Shrink Money Advice Podcast with Dr. Henry Joseph Speck. Remember to pick up your copy of Dr. Speck's latest book, Shrink Money Advice, on Amazon.ca or the audio version at awesound.com. That's A-W-E sound.com. 